Remember who you are. Yesterday was the 16th anniversary of my goddaughter's baptism, my cousin's daughter. And each year, on the 10th of July, I send her roses, one more for every year of the anniversary. In part, because I'm not very good at getting birthday gifts for a teenage girl, and in part because her middle name is Rose, so it seemed like an obvious gift, but most especially to remind her of the dignity that she received on this day. Becoming a daughter of the High King and a princess, a real princess in the kingdom of God. Now this year, though, was a first, because this year I had to send those flowers to her place of work. She's working at a little marina, not far from my cousin's home, down on Lake George. I still haven't heard how it went. I hope it went all right. A little nervous for her. I hope that a coworker asked. And not that, so that she would brag about her goofy godfather, but to give her a chance to testify to who she is. Remember who you are was the message on the card. I don't know, maybe it's a lot to ask of a teenager who's not a student of theology, but you know what? It is who she is. And it is who we are. Prophets. Those sent out not just to be religious in the quiet of our homes or for one hour of the week, but to not be afraid of the dignity given to us. Amos, from our first reading, was a dresser of sycamore trees. He's the first of the, the ancient Israelite prophets, at least the scholars say chronologically he was, but by his own testimony, he was not a professional churchman, if you will, but a blue-collar worker. Nevertheless, the Lord sent him and sends us. Since the day of our baptism, whether it was 16 years ago or 60-plus years ago, he sends us out to share the good news of God's love, that he lives and dwells, desiring an intimate relationship with each of us. The Gospels sent him out the apostles, right, in dramatic fashion today. And I suppose it's easy to dismiss it because it's in such dramatic fashion. No money, no stuff, no change of clothes, just a walking stick. Remember, though, if you're tempted like me to dismiss it as being something, well, sure, that's a a first-century apostle thing. No, every line of Scripture is for our inspiration, even if not literally for our imitation. So what's the inspiration for us in this Gospel? At very least, anyone who has moved recently or is looking to do so can appreciate the appeal of living a a simple life, right? But more than that, look at our second reading. St. Paul wrote in beautiful theological and poetic language at the beginning of the letter to the Ephesians, but I hope you know some of the backstory. Ephesus 
was the site of the production of pagan religious materials. Idols, devotions, instruments for the religious practice of the pagans. So in this beautiful reflection that Paul is giving to us on who Jesus is and on what the significance is for our lives, he was speaking in dramatic fashion to those, well, largely those who would, would lose their, their livelihood if people actually followed this. If people came to follow this Jesus Christ, they would stop selling pagan religious idols. These were the words. Paul says, in him, in Jesus, we were also chosen, each of us chosen, destined in accord with the purpose of the one who accomplishes all things according to the intention of his will. It's so caught up in all those purposes and in all those things, but what really matters? Mother Teresa, great modern prophet, said it so beautifully, didn't she? And she said that the richest person is the person who needs the least. Perhaps what the Lord is saying to us today is maybe we can let go of some of that sack of stuff that we don't need. Maybe it's the money belt that we should give maybe to a charity or to a church collection, to be a bit self-serving. The food that we don't need to, to pick up, perhaps to go to the belly that is hungry this day. Okay, that, I suppose, makes sense. But still, the temptation there for me to dismiss it because of that one robe. Don't bring a second robe. That sounds so ridiculous. Who travels anywhere without a change of clothes? even for a day trip, until we look at that through the eyes of faith. Remember, you can only be baptized once. Even those who sin gravely, even those who were, were baptized in another tradition, if done with water and in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that's it. The baptismal dignity is there for keeps, once and for all, symbolized by that baptismal garment. We wear it, the deacons and I, the server, the surplus, we all have the reminder. The little children who come in their white for First Communion, the brides that come in their white for their wedding day, reminders of that one, that one gown that we wore on the day that we became a son or daughter of Christ. Just one garment. It's all you get. And we are sent out. And finally, most importantly, I would say, is the walking stick. I know that doesn't sound like something that we, we have much application for in our lives. People get nervous if you start carrying a stick around town. Those of us that hike appreciate that there's a value to having a walking stick, but if you use it, you know that at times it becomes an encumbrance. Some of you walk with canes now, at times a great help and at times a, a frustration. What is with the walking stick? I propose that you couple this passage from Mark with one just a couple chapters later. 
Mark 8, in which Jesus says this, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Yes, that walking stick is, I propose, not just a stick, but a a foreshadowing of that image that Christ gave to all of his disciples, ultimately fulfilled with him taking up his cross for our salvation, but inviting us all in all the frustrations of our lives to take that wherever we go and to carry it with him. Remember who you are. Maybe three points to ponder today to finish up. This week, what can you detach from? How can you let go of some of that sack of stuff or generously give for the good of others? This week, secondly, how can we wear our baptismal garment with pride? Maybe it's got some stains on it. Maybe it's time to to wash it in the sacrament of confession. Maybe it's time that we remember what date it was so we can celebrate it, the anniversary of it ourselves. But surely it is to go and bear that message of the dignity that we bear and others do to our friends and neighbors, our brothers and sisters. How can we wear the baptismal garment with pride? And finally, How can we take up that walking stick of the cross? Whatever it is this week, whatever challenge, whatever grief, whatever pain or suffering that we're dealing with, how can we carry it? Not complaining, but being aware that he carries it with us. For we are his children, his brothers and sisters in the kingdom.